I'm nervous. Uh, I don't even want, I'm nervous because I'm gonna be challenged on this one. I know it. Because when you got someone in front of you that's a powerhouse, I'm gonna face some things I may not wanna face because you may know her on TikTok, an author, an artist with her words, but most of all, she's a powerful, beautiful being. This is gonna be a powerful, powerful episode. Please tune into this one. Try not to cry, you heard? First of all, it's a beautiful day because we got beautiful people in the room. Let's just see the room right now. Yeah. Um, especially the most powerful, beautiful guests. I don't even know how to world speaker, I'ma say, because now everybody knows you're around the world. Wow. Author. Powerful being. Could bake better than your grandmother. True. Funnier than your uncle's aunt. I agree. In so many fashions and ways, I have the one and only Liz Ortiz in the living room. Let's clap it up. Right on there. So, so first of all, yo, it's live in here. I love that. Yes, it is. You know what I'm honored at? I'm one first and foremost. I met Liz Bell like seven, eight yeah years. We done did holidays together. Sure did. It was a wild rap fest. So this is what I love about the living room. Um, a lot of people may not know who I am. You're going to know who this person is. But I really have a relationship with the people that come in here. Mm -hmm. And I have a special one with this lovely lady right here, you know? So we're going to first talk about how I remember Liz, right? And then we'll dive into who she is, her story, et cetera. That's going to be interesting. Here, here's how, here's how I remember you. Whew. So it's one day I'm in an event. Oh, boy. And I'm going crazy. So at one point in my life, I used to just yell at people. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I used to just vein at the top of my If you don't care about your mother... <laughs> I used to, I used to really get really passionate, right? This happened to be at an event in New York City. I was on stage. I don't remember what I said, but whatever I said, it came from my heart. And when I was finished, somebody walks up to me and said, "Listen, I know you don't really know me like that, and I've been here a bunch of times. But what you said actually moved me. My father's a cab driver." He's been doing that for a while, and I don't know what you said to me, but I'm going to go the fuck off. No bullshit. Moments later, I look at a chat. <laughs> Somebody was airing the chat out. Welcome this person. Welcome this person. And remember talking to Andy going, yo, bro, my sister, I used to be the person that want to hold the room and list bell, bro. And I was like, damn, that's kind of fire. Then I go to the crib, and she's funnier than her brother. I'm sorry. She just is. You know what I'm saying? And a super insightful person. So as I was reading your book, this is why I want to circle back on this, to know that your father speaks different languages, yeah. was the stickler for your vocabulary and how you use the words, is just a great way to start this story. Yes. For those who don't know, there's a book here that we'll get to at the end. But there's no reason why it's probably like the best wordplay rap, like the, the, the authenticity behind your words and everything you stand for is actually, it's powerful, it's beautiful in a day-to-day -day where people are scared to speak, speak their truth amongst people, et cetera. You're doing that in a way that I think everybody should model. 
So if you're going to give the world this Bell Ortiz, who you are, where you're from, you can start. You know what I'm saying? She's about to go off, by the way. Wait, what do you mean? So a little introduction? Who are you? Where you from? Okay. You know? I'm Liz Bell Ortiz, 28 years old, born yeah, and yeah. raised, born and raised in East New York, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I am an author, but before that, I'm a fucking dope-ass woman. Yes, you are. There you go, yo. There you go, yo. That's just my opinion. Um. I come from a family, a beautiful family of faith. I feel like that's grounded in more more so of who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it is. I have a message, and I'm going to use different avenues to release that message, whether it be through writing, through documentaries, through comedy, whatever it may be. I have a message that I have to tell the world, and it's going to come out. Mm-hmm. Damn, I love you. Son. I love you, you too, Mr. Rose. So, so here's what I, here's what I want to say. So started early. You're the youngest of three. Yes. Your older sister got a gun on her right now. Right now. We know that. Right now. She came packing. That's why she's to the left. That's why she's literally right here. In case I went crazy, Mm -hmm. it's on her. Yep. She hugged me. I was scared. Yep. felt it. You felt it, right? With the strap. (laughs) Younger brother, uh, the other brother's strong as hell for no reason. También. And then you just, I feel like you just had to follow the power. I want to (laughs) know. I want to know the upbringing of this household because bueno. because because here's here's let me go back to story time. Now we're close enough where I'm in your crib, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm in there and I say a curse word. Yo, this shit is fucking stupid. And Air Edisbell goes, "Mommy, Robin cursed." I'm just so whap. I got to slap in my snitch. mouth. I'm like, "Oh, she just slapped me." Aquí no se usa la palabra, coño. And I was like, "Yo, so what you see on social media?" And think his gimmicks is real rap. I just got slapped in my mouth for cursing to somebody's crib. But that dynamic is so powerful in your house. I want to know what it looked like growing up after Iris and Andy. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like Iris got beat 17 times a day, bro. Well, you know what's funny? Our parents never hit us. We got, I think all of us got slapped once. Mad fucking hard. That's and that was like the tate quieto. But we really, we didn't really get beat. We got knelt on fucking uh, rice. rice. Oh, motherfucker. D-R-D-R. That D-R-D-R. shit was. That was dead with the hands up like that. You got to. Yep. Damn, that shit brought me back right now. kind of hurt. But growing face. up, honestly, bro, growing up in a, in, a, in a house like that, my mom and my entire family was like church based. So it was mm-hmm. super big on religion, super big on faith. And we, me, Iris, well, Elvin, and Andy, because Elvin, that's also my little brother, is an extension. He grew up, he, he raised with, he was raised with us as well. My man plays the guitar, so, everybody I know. Yep. And that dude is a fucking comedian right. in his own way. Right. Like, but growing up with them, it was like a, a, a it was a safe haven. Because mm. we, was, we was raised in East New York, bro, where like, and we were first generation immigrants, like first generation Americans. So we, we're like an unknown territory, you know what I mean? And we were the only like Dominican kids in our neighborhood. So yeah, we had to find like our own kind of culture because we weren't obviously, we were raised in church, but we weren't super religious. And our parents had this culture in DR, but we were now in America, mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, living a completely different life. And it wasn't like you was in the Heights. You was in <clears throat> East New York where the murder rate was... At one point, the, I don't know, it's probably that right now, but it yeah. was the highest murder rate. It yeah. was terrible. And we lived around the corner from the 75th precinct, which is, no, it's not one of the worst. It's the, the corrupt, worst. most corrupt precinct in New oh, York. Oh, it's going to get good. Yeah. Because here's why I'm saying <laughs> But here's why I say this, right? Because this is, this is why I say this. Like, the irony behind, <laughs> okay, yeah, chill. <laughs> All right. <laughs> here's why here's why I'm saying because I'm I'm imp- to even get all that data to say 
how the humor y'all use, how funny y'all are, how uplifting y'all are. It's crazy to show whoever has an excuse of my neighborhood, the way I grew up. I decide to be negative, bitter, mm-hmm. angry. I think it's a choice, you know, and you you guys are the old people who had that decision and y'all decided not to. I think it's because the way you were raised, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of want to shed light to, as you were saying, growing up, you didn't get hit. I'm surprised. You yeah, my mom, which is what people are always surprised to hear that. Like, I think all of us got slapped one time and then that and it was, was it. Over. But it wasn't like a constant uh, uh, beating. My mom was actually very, like, loose with me specifically. I could be talking from the youngest point of view. She probably got a different experience. So mm-hmm. for me, it was like, she, she, she let us, you know, she let us live. We didn't have too much of an issue. Um, but what I will say is that we were surrounded by love. Like, we had the fortunate experience of living in a building with where our family was just like third floor, second floor, That's first floor. Fire. We were surrounded by love. So even though the fucking block around us era matándose droga, like, you know, all kinds of ill shit, it was like our little safe haven of fucking mm-hmm. immigrants just trying to protect their kids. And it was Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, um, Jamaicans, Trinidadians, like, and it was a community, like, mm-hmm. next door to each other. If you knew that the parent, like, let's say you knew my mom worked late. You saw me outside too late. You would say, oh, yeah, entra pa tu casa que tu sabes que tu mamá viene. Or if they see that you haven't eaten all day, they'll come and feed you. So it's like it was really a community of people taking care of each other's children. So we didn't have, it was a privilege to be raised like that because we didn't have to see all of the violence. We didn't feel it until, like, we became teenagers. I want to just take a moment and speak on that <clears throat> real quick and say, a lot of big things you said there. Community in a world today where I feel like a lot of people are scared to meet each other, be on social media, live behind a screen. The community really raises the people, for yeah. real. And to know that my uncle could be Jamaican or the Puerto Rican person. I learned how to dance side of stuff from a Puerto Rican <laughs> uncle, bro, at five. Wow. Which was, And he was nasty. He could get drunk, you know what I'm saying? Put the beer down, spin on the beer. But that's what... That's what community is. Yeah. So for those watching that right now, there is a bunch of people in my living room and it's only love in here. You know what I'm saying? We build, building a community is big. Now I want to speak on, so you're growing up. I thought you was getting, I ain't going to lie. I thought y'all was getting whooped crazy because I feel like y'all, Andy especially, bro. <laughs> I just feel like y'all was bad kids. But being the youngest, I have a, I have a theory. I have a theory where I say the youngest sibling Got the view of, all right, you wildin'. Okay, I'm not doing that. Because that's not good. You keep getting in trouble. You follow what I'm saying? Then it's like, yo, if you wasn't dumb, you could do things. That sound like me. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to get yeah, there. Yeah, you know it sound like me. And I go, I'm not going to do what any of y'all doing because this is what makes sense. Yeah. I say that because Jordan's the youngest. Um, a bunch of people who've made it so far in success feel like had someone to look to and say, mm-hmm. now nah, you wildin' or inspired by them. Is there anything that you think growing up your brothers and sisters did that got you to the avenue? We're going to get to who you are today, but like guided you? Was there like, Lizbeth, you should be doing this or not? Or the communication? Because people could live together and not speak to each other. Oh, right. Of you know course. what I'm saying? Like, was there counsel within the house itself about what <clears throat> we're doing? Should we go to school? Should we drop out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she would not drop out. So, what was that? 
because I, I truly believe, look, it was your mom, For if I'm not mistaken, the majority. Let me answer that. You lived with your pops at any point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My pops lived with us until I think I was like nine or ten. When they split, how'd you, how did that feel? When they, oh, when that, that was a disaster. That was actually one of the pinpoints that I had when I was 21. And I had like one of those revelations with my mom. And I was like, listen, I've been mad at you my whole life. Mm. I just figured it out. There's been resentment within. Ooh. Yeah, sit tight. Acomodate. <laughs> <laughs> but there was like um I started like diving into into why I was the way that I was and, and I was that? like what is that what do you mean by that Um I would say I'm very opinionated but I didn't know how to <laughs> she's known me since i was 13 so she definitely know but the thing is that i was opinionated and i didn't know how to relay the message without being aggressive mm. so i had to figure out where the anger was coming from mm. and i figured out like a lot well i figured out a lot of it but one of those points was a mother wound where i was like i i didn't there was a missing piece with me and my mom there was like a wall and i know a lot of women can relate to that where it's like you talk to your mom and there's not much you can get out of her and there's, there's like this huge ass wall that's put up there. So I had to figure out what is, how can I make my relationship better with my mom? Why is it even estranged? So I look back on it and I remember her leaving my father. And that was the point where I started to resent her as a little girl because she threw him out of our house. She was just like, you got to go. You got to get the fuck up out of here. And there was no explanation to you guys? No, none whatsoever. <clears throat> um, so I was just like what the fuck how could you do that to my father i was a daddy's girl too and then i turned 20 i'm starting to look back at myself and i'm like this bitch is the most powerful woman in the fucking world because she left a, she left a marriage with three children in a in a country that she is not she is not like she doesn't know shit about this place Would everyone would have an opinion back exactly home where yeah, where religion where where you as a woman are taught to sufre you just take what you have to do you already married by church there's no way out of it mm. so looking back at it i had to apologize like jesus christ there's so much in this message right yes here. but it, it it goes it goes to you being able to look at your parent as a person and not mm. as a parent because i had to mm. look at my mom as a woman <clears throat> For so long, I spent my time looking at her as the woman who raised me. When, rea when in reality, she, that was just part of her life. She had a lot of things that happened to her before I got here. I had no idea about, but I judged her. I judged her reactions without knowing what happened. Mm. And me looking at her as a woman, it gave me a whole different perspective on her and even my father. That is, there's so much to unfold in that itself. Oh. Like, Jesus that was so, <laughs> so here's what I mean. Like, to say, to even remember the year, I was 20, and then say, I have to forgive or apologize. Was that in a journal? Was that, like, when does that light bulb come off and be like, you know what? This whole time, was it a conversation with a friend? When, how did that spark? It was a conversation with a friend. My fucking self. I was, <laughs> I, I was sitting in my room. I was, yeah. this is like right after WV. So I was into personal development. I love to read. Like I, I found the love of reading again. And I really wanted to figure out where those deep rooted issues came from. And I started to read and develop. And th that was it. Like I started to question myself. And even to this day, like no matter what, I try to find out why. For everything, why? If I have a reaction, why? Mm. If I'm upset, why? Mm. You know, like I try to, and it's not just a blatant why. It's like I'm really fucking sitting down. Can we curse? You could do all that. Okay. Room, baby. <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. I'm Shit. home now. 
Um, but I forgot what I was saying. You could find it if you want. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like, I, I was saying, you go. I mean, I, I, honestly, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, the personal development. That's go. where that's where it stemmed from. Like, I, I really wanted to. This is what it really was. Let me stop the bullshit. I wanted to be a person my people were proud to love. Mm. I wanted to be somebody my people were happy and peaceful to be around. Mm. I wanted to be. I wanted to be. The people around me, bro, are so fucking amazing that I wanted to be my best self for them. I could not continue to be the angry, like, outrageous person that I was and just doing shit a lo loco and not apologizing, not acknowledging my wrongdoings. Mm. I couldn't be that person because I was going to lose the people that I loved. Mm. And I had to work on myself. So when you got to do that, it takes a lot of internalized working for you to sit with yourself, for you to think, why do I react this way? What is it stemming from? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a lot to think about and it's a lot to process, but that fucking feeling of getting to it, it's like... A different world. It's no better fucking feeling nope. than doing that. Damn, that was good. Thanks, man. Yeah, you are at this. I ain't even going to lie to you. <laughs> and the reason why I react that way is because my whole life, um, I grew up, I came into a family. My sister was already born, had my younger brother. I never really had idle time. I mm. shared a room with them my whole life, etc. And then I hit rock bottom, right? Hit rock bottom and spending time, one, Knowing spending time with my family was the best form of wealth ever mm -hmm. can be given to me. A conversation with my nephew made me happier than speaking in front of a room of 100 people, right? And then asking questions like, yo, why am I mad at that? Yo, ma, I hope y'all listening to this. After a breakup, I went to my mom and said, how did you feel after you broke up with dad? Why am I trying to figure this out by my damn self? Mm -hmm. What did you go through? What was your process? Why did y'all break up? Stuff like that. So for those who still play the high road of you don't want to do this and you too cool to sit down and take time to yourself, this is a prime example. You remember the day, right, mm -hmm. like when you did that, which is beautiful and amazing. Let's talk, look, talking about reactions, because, you know, I got to go here. See, let's better know where I'm going. I really don't. And how you react to things is sometimes, look, Love is the most powerful force there is, right? If you understand love, then you don't have to accept anger, mm. right? So I like that. There was one time. Say it again, Rob. <laughs> Damn, what I said? <laughs> when you under when you when you understand love, you don't gotta accept anger, right? So here's what I knew about Liz: opinionated, but it don't come from a place of. You don't, you're not trying to be, you're not being rude, you're being yourself, but you express yourself sometimes first without apology. So there's one day, right? Let's go story mode. Mm -hmm. There's one day I'm mad excited because I'm doing new things now, right? I leave the feel of what I'm doing. I'm like, yo, I figured out how to trade, et cetera, et cetera. I'm got this new company. So I'm like, you know who I want to talk to? <laughs> I got to, I'm going to come talk to my man, Andy, Liz Bell, et cetera. So I come pull up to the crib, right? Oh, boy. Yeah, gee, I'm going there. This is real relationship stuff. So I get there, and this is what I... Trauma's real and triggers is real, right? Because here's what happens. I pull up genuine, loving as hell, like, yo, listen. All right, so let me give you a context. That week, probably like 10 of my clients made about $1,000 that day, Okay. I had someone that made $40,000 in his first 30 days, right? And I'm still learning. 
You know what I'm saying? So I'm not necessarily the person who's the best, but I'm like, yo, hold up. I'm wilding if I don't bring this to my people, okay? So I pull up to the crib like, yo, I got to tell them. I, yeah, boy, I'm feeling that too, oh, yeah. God. I'm there, baby. I'm getting it too. So I'm like, yo, you know what? Yo, Andy, come here. Yo, Tossy, come here. Liz, come here. And I'm like, listen. So I, yo, it's so fucking funny. The traumas of shit you don't want to do no more. So I sit them down. I'm like, yo, listen. I got this company. <laughs> And Liz Bell's like, what the fuck is this, a presentation? <laughs> I'm like, nah, son, I'm trying to, t you know what, never mind. <laughs> like, never mind, son, because it was so tight in the room. And I had to leave like, what the fuck just happened? Right? Like, yo, how she came at me, like, that is me. You know what I'm saying? Like, what I do wrong? And, and look, and look, and not to like... And to circle back how, if you understand love, right, you don't got to accept anger. There's things that we've been through in the past. Yep. I didn't bring a laptop, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I didn't whip the joint out and bring a guest with me. I'm like, yo, but what did I do? The fuck did I do a three-step setup here? Like, yo, here's why I'm doing this. I ain't doing none of that. And I didn't know if you was tight that day, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the punch, though. Here's oh, the punch. man. And I want to get to that. I want to know what what happened to you. That, if you remember. I like, remember. Oh, let's talk then. Because I don't want to get to my next point. I'm going to be honest with What's you, up? motherfucker. You pulled up and we was hanging out. We was right, just right, chilling. Right, 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 and right. then out of nowhere, you started breaking down numbers and shit. I was like, this nigga, what, talk, what language you talking? <laughs> right, right. So when I said, what the fuck is this a presentation? <laughs> I was like. It wasn't like a come at you. It was that as a question. Fucking gun <laughs> it was, was that so as a question. I was like, oh, you feel like I'm presenting to you, bro? <laughs> I was confused, my brother. I, say less. I really was yeah, confused. This, this, is, and this is my point here. I, this is the message I want to bring to some people. <laughs> Chill out. Chill out with this. No. That's going to be on audio. And that's going to be fire. <laughs> so here's what I mean by this. I took that moment and be like, you know what? I'm doing good by people. You know, I'm not going to take offense to that. And down the line, I've become a district manager mm -hmm. for AT&T. Right? Yeah. And at that time, I'm reaching out to people like, who needs a job? Who needs a job? Who needs a job? We already had a conversation, I think. I'm not sure if we had a conversation before, actually, about that incident. Because that happened. No, never. I didn't. I honestly thought we you forgot about even, it. Not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, hell no. I was like, I want home, son. Wait. I want home. Wait, 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 wait. Fuck was, this. Was I, was I your dream stealer that, that night? Yo, bro. You made me feel. Yo, you know what it is? You made me feel like I, I had it on my vision board. <laughs> I'm about to get y'all started. Y'all know everybody. And halfway into my press, bro, you shot me, son. My fault, son. So here's what happened. I'm like, they don't know what they don't know. I'm just trying to... And every, I ain't gonna lie, it was tense. I feel like everybody had network marketing. And oh, like, absolutely. I that shit, talking, that shit come with a shield. You ain't little nigga looked away. I was like, yo, it's me, y'all. It ain't... All right, whatever. So then I'm going, yo, I got... I got it. Who needs a job? I don't know where you're at, et cetera. And I'm reaching out, and I'm like, yo, Liz, shut up. Pull up. It's love. The job is yours. No interview because I understood where your heart at. Mm -hmm. was at and everything. And then she quit on the fucking first day, y'all. Sure <laughs> did. Because that, first of all, that motherfucker was crazy. I, how you? How is my interview day? And you say, listen, this job is for people who, who with kids and people who don't got shit <laughs> else to do. I need you to be present here, and I, I need you. What he said was, I need people to 
give a fuck about a paycheck more than about more than anything. It's a bad company. And I was like, listen, brother, all right. Not me. I'll see you one day. Not here, though. And and it's and here's why I respected it. It was like, yo, Rob, I love you, bro. Um, I don't want you to feel away. But I'm out this shit, you know? Like this not (laughs) and look, and look where we are today. Look at the level of love, not having a chip on your shoulder, Mm -hmm. not staying in your emotions. Love is bigger than anger, bro. If it don't fit somebody, don't fit somebody. Cause today, we got an author. Wow. So look at these. It's like, I don't know what life would have looked like if you stood at the dumb job. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that I'm a reason why, because you've had this in your heart for a while. Right. All right. And I want to talk about the preparation of this book, what it took to write the book, to make the decision to say, I'm fucking writing it. I want to know all of it. I don't care if we're here for four hours. All right. What's the day you say, I'm writing a book? When's that day? And when did you actually start writing it? So I will say I've always been a writer. When I was a teenager, I used to write poetry. And even before Give me a poem right now. I wrote the whole fucking Big L verse, bro. The every every verse Big L has put out, I wrote. I wrote, bro. You'll find you'll find my writing credits. I'm a rapper, bro. Ask around. No, she'll cook you straight up. Nah, for real. I hear that. Nah, but um I used to write when I was younger. I used to love reading. I would do fucking seven book reports if I could, just because it was fun. And um, I remember one specific day we was at a training in New York City, mm-hmm. a regional mm-hmm. training, and somebody from Team Dynasty, some dude there, we know his name, <laughs> some dude some dude there was, it was like during lunch, and he was talking shit about a girl. Mm. He was just rambling on, and in my head I'm like, yo, this dude is super sexist, like, and I was just so mad that I started writing like my mm-hmm. response as if I was talking to him. Mm-hmm. Which in my head now I look back on it and it's fucking ridiculous. I think that's but, fire. That's really a rap in you though. Yeah, it is. It's really Big L, bro. You, bro. That's fast. Nah, you're you catching on. I'm a writer like, before. I'm a yeah. But he um he was like going off and I was like, this dude sounds so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I remember I started writing it and then the girls came back from lunch, which was Jody and my cousin Jarabel. And I was like, yo, read this real fast. This dude was talking about. Oh, you ma- did it? You really wrote it on the spot? Yeah, no, no, type. I wrote it. Like, I was, it was during lunch, and I just started writing. I was already pen behind paper, the desk. Not, not, not phone? Not pen and paper, bro. Thanks, I still, though. to this day, I have a MacBook. I still be pen and paper. I don't like, I don't like it. Mm. I do the natural. Um, but I started writing. I showed them the response. I'm like, yo, look at this. Like, this dude was talking mad shit about this girl. Like, look at what I said. And Jody and Jairo, they read it, and they was like, yo, you should fucking write a book. Like, mm. And I was like, you fucking bitches, you're so right. That makes sense. <laughs> like, when they said it, it was like ding, a ding, fucking ding. light bulb, bro, that everything that I have ever... It's like... It's like God revealing something to you. Mm. Something that you felt all of your life, but you was just like, what is it? What is it? What is it? Mm. I say it in my book. I have spent my life trying to say a message and not knowing how to... to to get it out of me. Mm. And that's why I love my family so much because they knew me before I was polished, before I knew how to articulate myself. And they still defended me. That is that. why the way that is why I am the way that I am. Because even though I was going against the family and basically being like the black sheep in terms of what I was vocally saying to them, I still had my brothers and my sisters. Fire. Always like, yo, shut the fuck up. Lisbon know what she's talking about. Mm. They defended me when they shouldn't have. Mm. And that's why I am because I'm I'm, I'm secure. I'm surrounded by love. So, um, but to get back to the writing, I started when I was 21. I'm 28 years old, bro. I was a seven-year-old baby. Seven-year-old baby, bro. And I was writing every Damn, day. that's fire. Yeah, but you know what it is? 
I say it in the book. What takes you longer? Is it you actually fulfilling your dream or is it you believing in yourself and actually doing it? it Yes, I will. That's fucking powerful. (laughs) That was so powerful. Yes, but we spend more time like thinking about our actual dreams and actually pursuing it. And it's like, what's, what's harder? Is it you really sitting down and putting your head down and writing or recording? Or is it you trying to believe in yourself and saying, yo, I should write, I should record. That's the process that takes the longest. Because we're talking to ourselves and it's just like, should I write? No, you stupid bitch. Should I rap? You can't rhyme. Nobody's listening to your shit. Oh, should I start a podcast? For what? Nobody's going to listen to it. It's like the good and then the bad. And for so many years, we let the bad win. And I remember I called my sister in 2020 and I said, yo, this year I'm releasing the fucking book. And she's my witness. I got goosebumps because it was the first time I ever believed it. Mm. I had said it every year. I'm releasing my book. I'm releasing my book. I'm releasing my book. And it wasn't until I said it that year, 2020, when I felt it and I was like, oh, shit, this is that ass about to happen. Yo, shout out to 2020. Yes. (laughs) Because I swear if yo these episodes, bro. The theme, faith, believing yourself. In 2020, when the world was the craziest, people turned out to be the boldest. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, nah, it's over. I'm not doing it. The so, ooh, it's so good. So, <laughs> so when you tell your sister, where were you? Y'all were together? You was on the phone? We was on the phone. Yeah. It was in the hood. In the hood. <laughs> I felt like that was a midnight call. Like it was Nah, it was. It was like a random call and I remember I was typing on my computer and I was we was just talking regular, you know, like all the time. And I remember just saying, "Yo, you know what? This fucking year I'm releasing my book." So Those words. And I remember I got chills all over my body when I said it. And I when we hung up, I was like, "Holy shit. I believe myself actually this time." I actually believe what I just said. I do feel like I'm going to release my book this year. The process of believing in yourself took took a while. Yes. Right? Why do you think that is? Like, that's such a, it's, in a, it's a deep question because everybody in here, in this mm-hmm. room right now, wants to do something and is sitting on their hands like, yeah, I want to, but damn, after what the fuck you just said, I'm a dick if I don't go out there and do it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And to finally say I'm doing it, do you think the timing of what was happening in the world really pushed that out of you? Or did you have so much of the book already written to then be like, I'm bugging out, let me finish? Like, I want to know in 2020 how much of the book you had written to then really feel comfortable with what you were saying. Like, if there was enough practice behind your belief. Or that's the year you said it's coming out and you wrote the bulk of your book. Yeah, so I had my themes ready. I had every theme that I wanted to, like dive into the in the book already yeah pinpointed. the ideas were ready when i was 21 i started writing that's mm. what my board is i have all the old paperwork like now i read it and i'm like this shit is trash right. but what i did is i wrote all of that throughout the years that i wasn't believing in myself mm. and then 2020 came and i rewrote everything in the version of me yeah I, I, it was legit like that but Fire. you know what's crazy i was jobless from 21 to like 25 26 how do you do that i was a baker that's a fact. I was a baker. That's and I remember, cakes, yeah, but those six years I was jobless and I wrote the least. And then I turned 27. I actually got a job working with my sister at that time. 
And that's when I went deep into my writing bag Mm -hmm. because now I had a schedule. I was at work like writing and I would get home and it was like, yo, I have to write. That was my schedule. I have to write. Mm -hmm. I have to push it out. Mm -hmm. And then we went into quarantine and that shit was a whole different blessing where Mm -hmm. I got to stay at home Mm -hmm. and just really dive into my mind and write. But most of the writing, I would say that has took place in 2020, even though I was writing throughout the years, I revised like all of the all of the passages and did everything basically from scratch. It takes seven years to be an overnight success. Yeah. Wow. Like, let me tell you something right now. I'm not a huge, I read, I read. I'm not a huge reader, right? Audio kind of guy. I grabbed this book and the first two pages, I'm like, yo, son, these words are like dancing off the book. Like (laughs) true art. Like I was, I'm like, yo, it's so, I was like, I could never write like this. So beautifully put, and to to now marry that, your presence on social media, it takes seven years to become an overnight success because mm. for those who don't know, Andy, I refer to as Radel, you know what I'm saying? Radel Ortiz, you know what I'm saying? This is the lady behind the camera, yeah, right? This whole time. Right. Yeah. This is the one that catches the moments before yeah. we catch the moment. The edits before... This is the good one. This is a, let's just do it right now. See, Andy was in here saying, when I get an idea, we just do it. You part of that process, right? So even to have that in your journey, no one know who to, it's never been a time where it's been like, yo, I'm the camera person. <laughs> I'm not trying to take that recognition. You enjoying the time with your family, which is beautiful, right? You, you publish your book and now you're gone on social media. Oh. It's been insane. Yeah. For those who don't know, Hot 97. Yeah. I can't believe that. Still. Shout, shout out to Laura Styles. Hot 97 comes on. You get a shout out for speaking. You know, let's talk about what you posted mm-hmm. and how that got recognized. So before we go there, because I know I asked you a question. When did you say, I'm going to talk my shit online? Like, when it's like, I think it's you've been doing it, but it's been more prevalent this year. When did you say, I'm going to get in front of the camera and address all you who treat people this way, think this way, those who are talking and don't know your history, here's the history check, here's the fact check. In such small time, you give so much information. Mm-hmm. And that's really art. Like, it's art to do that. So what made you then go, it took me seven years to write my book, get online, but what made you say, all right, I'm going to talk my shit online? Like, I'm going to be more present on what I feel, what's right, et cetera. I believe in myself. Let's go. That ass. That's it. I swear to everything. I just, now, I believe in myself. That's really it. And when you believe in, like, I just wrote this on, somebody asked me a question, and I said, when to believe in yourself is to know yourself. So I have gotten to know myself deeply better than anybody in this world besides God could, 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 you know, reach my soul. I've done the internal work. I know what I'm good at. I know what the beauty that I bring to this world. I know what I'm bad at and I know what I need to work on. And guess what? I have no problem working on that. So my ego has, I have, you know, my ego, of course, we are still working on it, but it's, it's in check. You know what I mean? And I know that my work is more so for God and for my people. It's not about me. And I learned this from my brother because I had a lot of self-conscious issues. And he was like, listen, it's about the message. It's not about the messenger. You know what I mean? Like, of course, you have a way to say things. Mm -hmm. But at the end of your life, people are going to remember what you did and how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. 
not about oh your fucking nose is big I got and a you big ass nose you and guess what you a beautiful motherfucker I fucking love you're you. gorgeous not as beautiful as you though, now nah, you a 10 bro in east new Damn, york you a 10 <laughs> i'm going out tonight yeah <laughs> But oh, that's that's really it, bro. Like I honestly, I just believe in myself, and I feel, I feel fearless in the sense where I'm. I know who I am. I know what I want to do, and I know the message that I want to deliver. And because that message and that is sent from God, there's nobody else that can block it. Nobody, not a person on social media, not a person that I love in real life, mm. not a friend, or you know, there's nobody that can remove me from that path because I really, truly, honestly, wholeheartedly feel that it's sent from God. Let me just take a moment and address the people. Um, so we don't know what your belief is, right? Whether it's God, the universe, etc. But once you, it's rooted bigger than you. It's the, it's the point. You know, I believe in God. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we're not here to push what we believe, but what we do believe is bigger than us. Absolutely. And that once that is in connection, it is, it's scary. The power that could. Here's what I mean by scary: a person that has been working on something behind the closed doors. Only you know that. We don't know that. Um, to be selling out of your book. Ooh, let's do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Smile. Yeah, let that out. <laughs> to not only write a book, to be selling out, to then speak your message and get 2 million views on TikTok. Say what? <laughs> and it was a point when she tried to run away. Run! Videos and she could not I love away. that you said that. Yeah, because it's true. Hold and on. Wait, let me get this. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about that feeling. So, because I was going to say, what's the, pre- first of all, the joint where you did all different guys? Nah. Oh. <laughs> For the, I, that one was amazing. I watched it 17 times in a row. Yeah. So, for those who are watching this, you're going to have the link of our Instagram um, on the description below, but it's Lizbell Ortiz, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, right? No underscores or anything. No, nah, nothing. Lizbell Ortiz. When I say this is an artist for real, and it's an artist, bro. Like, cause I know every one of them dudes. You heard? Yeah, like, me too. I, I was like, yo, that's John. You know <laughs> like it was one. I want to know this because I'm new to TikTok. Right? Follow me on TikTok. I don't even know my name. I think it's <laughs> Della Prophet or some joint. I just made my first TikTok. You know what I mean? Something. <laughs> I don't know what. I got a little 23 looks on my joint. I feel good though. Oh, that's fire. That's Forget love. Me. The preparation of that video, I'm curious to know how long did it, the idea, how long did it take to come up with the concept? How long did it take you for actually, to actually shoot that? Like, now I want to do these many people. Did you write that? Did no. Feel free out of that, bro. I swear. Nah, I mean, no, 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 no. So oh, I'm I, um, insane, bro. Nah, so le- re- relax. I'm, a, I'm chilling. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, but Andy, can I, can I have some can I, water? Can we refill? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get that. Let's get that. Let's get that. Pass it down. So those characters, I saw somebody on TikTok, which is the first video where you see like the first two seconds. Okay. She was like, oh, this is how I would look if I had a beard. And she was like, you know what women don't be doing? And I was like, yo, it would be so fucking funny if there was an actual dude podcast, like mm. of just dudes saying a bunch of shit. So I went on Snapchat. I looked at the filters and I was like, oh, these fucking dickheads. <laughs> and I literally, I just started thinking of shit that I've heard. Right. And I just, you know, I've had the wonderful, wonderful opportunity of being around a lot of men in my life, right. growing up around family and shit. Right. And even the guy friends that I have now. So I listened to the conversations and I was just like, let me exaggerate the shit a little bit because this is how they really sound. Mm. And 
I didn't write down any characters. I literally had the idea for a week and a half. And I was like, I was just like, I'm not going to do that shit. That shit, I'm not going to do it. Because I'm not into like super comedy videos. Mm. That was my mindset. And I was like, I'm just, I'm not going to, uh, I don't know. It was an idea. But yeah. after a week and a half, I was like, fuck it. I'm, let me just do it. And I did it within, I think it took me an hour to do an the first one. The literally first an hour, an hour to, to, to film it and to, and to edit it and everything. And I posted it. And I remember... Um, I posted it and I just I didn't think anything of it and then I went back on TikTok that shit had like fucking 4 million views I said what the fuck yo that's insane let me ask you a question though what does that do thank you like what does that do thank you so much I appreciate you is that like cause now here's what also happened we're gonna speak on social media cause it's very prevalent to like I think this is so beautiful to see because I believe you were in the beginning of your journey. Mm-hmm. Like, we have just seen the beginning of what you're about to do. Um, you did two parts of that. Yeah. Both were bangers, right? But then you also have response videos to hecklers. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> oh, so good. Because, because look, I wanna, I'm going to talk to the camera really quick. Some of you going to start your journey, and it's going to be scary. And it's going to be ugly. And you're going to think about it and not do it. You're going to think about it for seven years, ten years, never do it because you're worried about what other people are going to say. And today the bullies online, they're not even in person. They don't even have a profile. And that person's opinion is stronger than your belief. You start something, you no longer follow through. When someone who finally believed in herself, the way you addressed them online, got their pick. All right, let's highlight this one right now. It's gangsta Brooklyn. I never gonna lie. It's so good when you see your art, the things that you finally put out, because you've mentioned it in the video. Someone now has the the nerve, the audacity to mm-hmm. say, oh, "How dare you?" Etc. Does it gear up the anger and rage, or it kicks the artist in you like, "Oh, I got some bars to get off now." Does, or does it do both? Oh, yes. That's why I got the grin. I see that. Oh, because it the does. in the head. Or... Absolutely. And you know what it is? To be a woman is to always fucking be angry, bro. Unfortunately. Mm. If you, you said, if, yeah, said it, not me. Yeah, I said it, motherfucker. <laughs> she said it, not I me. I said Girl, it. We are good. You, yo, lighten up. You need a hug? Come in. What do <laughs> you mean? You the reason why we oh, mad, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, don't be talking. Yeah, don't be talking to that. Talk to me. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you. Oh. <laughs> All right. Cool. Relax. So, look. You're right. Maybe you are angry because of me, but I didn't do it. No, no, no. So, so what I mean is that we already have so much shit to deal with. Right. You know so what I mean? So much exactly. You provide you holding the baby for nine months. Are you calling me fat? <laughs> Yo, I'm, I'm calling you beautiful, son. <laughs> women, you women. Hold the baby for nine months. So, to be a woman is to be enraged. I hear you. I and hear you. to be an artist is to want to release a message. So, I only respond to a heckler if I could do a message behind it. And if there's like a point to That's prove. That's so big. Absolutely. Because I'm not going to I'm not gonna argue with people who are, who are fixated on misunderstanding me. Mm. If you are just looking for a reason to disagree with my opinion because you have your own personal beliefs my you know do your thing mm. but i will only respond to it if there's a message so like the dude who who called me out my name and said a bunch of right, shit went crazy. it was like let me take a look mm. cuz one of the messages that fat men 
be fucking wilding on right. fat women and like, it's like get it. my girl we in this thing together <laughs> <laughs> like hey, yo, baby <laughs> the discrimination bro it's not like, gonna run you a big bitch just like me a- <laughs> let's have a good time <laughs> but oh, the thing so is that's funny. another part of sexism where it's like now you think that because you're a man only women are upholded to these beauty standards mm. so the message was all right let's talk about you i'm gonna cut your ass a little bit because you do look like you look kind of crazy but past that is the point of the message which is a lot of men think that they can dissect women as if you know just because because women are are present and it's like realistically most of the women that you are dissecting would never fuck you would never talk to you wouldn't spit on you if you were on fire so it's like I don't like the double standards in that part. So I do respond to hecklers only if there's a message. Like if there's a, a, a heckler of talking about racism, if there's a message that I can get across to certain people regarding that one comment, mm. then I'll do it. I think even that, let's take a moment and just, you know, dissect that as well. The energy still spent to show love in a situation that could get you angry. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the fact that you say, all right, cool, you talking crazy. But there's a message for people. Here's a learning point. That's the teach. Yeah, you like you were a teacher at one point. I think I'm supposed to be a teacher. You are, and it though. brings me back to my dad because my dad was a teacher, yeah, and my dad did poetry when he was a so teenager. So ain't that mad because the dad made her the teacher. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Not but. but you see how I did that? You see how I did that? I brought that back. <laughs> you feel me? Um. But yeah, my dad was was my number one teacher, bro. My dad used to take me cab driving before it was like super unsafe. And he would always tell me like a bunch of shit, just random facts about the U.S. or even just DR. And that shit just, it it made me love learning. I was just like, oh shit, there's mad information in this world. I want to. There's just stuff to know. What the Mm. fuck? I want to know. Let me tell you right now, that is called windshield time. Sometimes getting in a car with somebody and just going off of Ooh. ideas and talking is the best lesson. It's the best time spent. Mm-hmm. I think conversations are supposed to happen in cars. I mean, the sound listen to music because mm-hmm. the way the speakers are. But windshield time, if you in your crib, you depressing all that, get in the car with somebody. Yep. Get in the car, take a ride. Where you going? No one cares. <laughs> just go. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Kick it, get it off your chest. That is incredible. Um, yo, Liz, you a fucking monster. Thank and you. And what you do. Like, it's, it's incredible. Let's clap it up for Liz one time. Man. Thanks, man. So when I say... So when I say teaching, right? Because I feel like there's so much... Like, what's your... If you had a favorite topic, not a subject... A favorite subject to speak on, because I think the women empowerment, or I want to just say women empowerment, it's the facts behind your message. You don't speak it as... I can be angry because of the facts is you're misunderstood. Here are the facts. I think that's what makes it so easy to listen to, Mm -hmm. right? And it's enjoyable. Do you see a future of you being in front of a room Speaking on these topics, getting paid for it. Y'all pay attention to what Absolutely. I'm doing. Absolutely. Right Motherfucking Luli. My girl stopped playing here. You know Absolutely. Saying? So where's like what's next for Liz? Because is there I wanna know, is there another book? Is there a fucking comedy club I got to go to to see you go <laughs> on? You get what I'm saying? Is there a channel watch to subscribe to to see what you're doing? Because now I want to know what's next. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What, where you at? To, how do you feel about what you've done so far? I feel, I feel like I'm just starting. I know you are. I feel like I feel fulfilled. I love that. And it's not the fulfilled where I'm like, I'm content. I feel fulfilled because I feel like 
I'm finally fulfilling my purpose. Mm. You know, like when God talks to you, or maybe it's not God, you know, maybe it's the universe. Let's say for anybody else who doesn't believe in God, if you believe in the universe or your gut feeling or whatever, your instincts, your ancestors, whatever it is, you have something that is at the pit of your fucking stomach and at the heart of your soul. And it repeats itself to you every night. Whether you try to fucking fall asleep and run from it, it's in there. No matter what, no matter how much weed you smoke to get rid of it, no matter how much alcohol you talk, intake, no matter no matter that. how much sex you try to like, no right. matter what you do to That's cover real. up your time, there is something real. in the back of your mind that is sitting there yes. that God put there. Yes. Right. <laughs> that God put there. And that, that specific thing plagues you. If you don't do it and then you, if you run from it, it plagues you and it makes you sad. It makes you depressed. It makes you anxious. It makes you feel like you're not worthy. Like it really does diminish every certain aspect of your life because you're not fulfilling your purpose right. and you're not listening to your instincts. Mm. So I've spent 25 years running from myself. I've caught up. I feel amazing. Wow. I don't feel, I feel like the world is just beginning. And I remember when I thought, when I released my book, I was, it was like, yo, when my book is released, I can breathe. Mm. And it was like, bro, me releasing my book was the starting of my journey. Yeah. When I released it, I was like, now what? What's next? Mm. And that leads me to the next thing. Mm. So there is a second book. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. There is a second book. <laughs> oh, yeah. And See that? I say this. I say this with it's already sold out. I say this I say this with both sadness and happiness. Okay. That the f second book puts the first book to absolute shame. And I can say that about my own work. And it felt crazy to say at first where I was like I'm reading my first book and I love it it's my baby. But then I read my second one and I'm a little bit embarrassed about the first one. Because yeah. I'm like, the message in the second one is so, it, um, yo lo que, yo, yo, es una aventura, like, bro. Yeah. It just, it just feels, because I've improved so much on my writing as well. Right, and right. I'm more in tune with myself. And I don't know, I just feel like the second one has so much more. It has so much more of me as well. Let me, let me peel this through because there's people that are watching that are not in this room feeling this energy. I want you to understand what confidence looks like, what it sounds like, and what arrogant doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. That was no no grain, no little oil of arrogance. That was, if you watch that, I felt like there was colors coming off your body. <laughs> you got to edit that, that in right? now, bro. In there, bro. <laughs> and here's yeah. why. Because I want to go on record and say this. Yeah. I want to go on record and say this. So it was Iris Bell's bar party in that indictment. It was, it was your birthday. He was doing a dinner in your birthday. I remember that. Oh, oh. Right? Yes. <laughs> she like she like party. She's like, what party? She almost pulled it on me. I ain't gonna lie to you. She's like, what party? So look, and at that time, I'm asking questions. How you been? What you doing? Yo, I'm writing my book, bro. On record, I am the first person, first person to purchase that book. Yeah. You sure? I was like, oh, check this out. So here's what happened. I said, you doing what? So move one, the day for me, the thought of me, I'm gonna let you know something right now. Me on pen and paper, I'm like the worst man in America. That's why you can't rap. That's why I can't rap. Mm. It's true. <laughs> I used to be nice though. For real? No one knows. I ain't gonna wild out on him like now because we're not. I used to be dead nice, bro. <laughs> the reason why my brother raps is because of me. You know what I'm saying? Wow. 
This is a fact. This is all. This is an all. I can play something right now. It's all because of me. I'm trying to tell you, bro. All right. So here's the deal. Word. So, so what happened was, I re, I mean, you go. I'm writing a book, and I know I had to do it low. I said what? I said so. Here's the deal. I don't know what it's gonna cost, but look, I'm gonna give you the bread right now. Mm-hmm. Swear to God, I said look. I wanna. I don't know where you was at in your life, but I felt you, and I was like. I don't know what, but here's the cash right here, bro. We keep that between each other. Send it to me when you get it. Someone's going to get mad at me. But the fact that you told me, I said, what you working on? I'm writing a book. Oh, hear that. Let me get that. Wow. I know it's tough. Yep. So I want to be the first to get the second joint. Oh, shit. You feel me? We make that happen. Yeah. I feel like I feel, today's right. I just feel, I just feel like I, I, I'm, I'm grateful to know that mm-hmm. before it came, before what I didn't know what it was going to do. I didn't even know what the hell you was going to write about. Facts. You, know? you just like, yo, what's your what's your what, pay? What's, what's your what's, what's your chase? Joint? I'm gonna send you the bread. I need the book. I'm also gonna say this. A lot of times people do things because it's a friend. I'm gonna support it because it's my friend, etc. If y'all have not read this book, bro, like for it's real, really good. <laughs> what do you think it is, Andy? It's really good. <laughs> It's it's such a great read. So to say that the second book, okay, now we now we're gonna have fun. When is this book coming? Don't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> That's my PR manager. I can't tell I you now. Damn, bro. Just I'm know. trying to get y'all that in the living room. They don't know what is coming. I'm trying to set y'all up, but the Kembe Matumbo in it. Better. Let, all right, so. <laughs> Black so the book will no. be soon. Book, book will be soon. The book will be soon. But right, can I say this? Yes. This year, next. Okay, ne- nothing. See your manager really. Good. I'm gonna oh. say I will, I'm gonna say that the book will be submitted this year, but it'll probably be published by early next year. Okay. God willing. I'll take, that. I'll take that. I take that. But even more. Even more than than the book, because okay. you said what's next. What's next? I have been working on a documentary for oh. the past few months. Yes. Energy on the documentary. Fuck that. Talk about that documentary. It's like that. It's like that. Yo, it's like that. Yeah. They cook it. So, so, hold on. And here's what I love. That, nah, I get, yo, first and foremost, I don't got to work out for like three weeks because I feel like the energy ain't got me right. You know? like, see my ab workout? We'll talk about that later. The documentary, okay, so if you, we don't have to because I get, we get the PR. <laughs> we got the PR manager, good looking. Can we get, all right, so this documentary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it about you? Is it, what can we expect? Who is, who's acting in this documentary? Is it the family? Are you hiring people? Because this is what we said. We're going to set up the gig right now. I'm an actor now, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you don't know, I do something. If my audition, it ain't no, you don't need one. I don't, I want to just, I just want to know what's up. How, what can we so, look 
This documentary I've been working on since September. Mm. Wait, actually, I think it was even before. No, I'm bugging. It was June. June. It was June. Okay. It was June. I started working in June when I went to DR for, I stood out there for like a month and a half. Um, mm. And, yeah. Every year. every time I go, the stay gets longer. Right, right, right. But um, before I went to DR on that trip, I I always say I always used to say, "Yo, eventually I'm gonna do a documentary when I get some bread, bro. It's a fucking rap. Right, I'm gonna right. hire everybody. I'm gonna have the fucking you know the big speakers right, you got a right, hold. Right, right. I'm gonna get one of those joints. Mm, I'm gonna get the headsets. Right. It's gonna be fire. It's it. a rap. And I was like, who am I waiting for? Mm. Who is coming to save me? The best me? thing about what you said it was the who, who, who is coming to save me? Who's going to come say, Lisbo, here's 40,000 racks. I'm going to slap somebody today. Yeah, do that. It's Noah right over there. Yeah, come on. <laughs> so, okay. And then it's in action already. Or oh, what's that? Talk to me. Like, oh, no. It's, it's, it's been filmed. Oh. It's been filmed. It's been written. Oh. And, well, I'm almost done writing it. Okay. But... The point of the um, documentary is to show intergenerational trauma, and it's it's oh man it's <laughs> so the documentary is about intergenerational drama. I mean trauma. So it's about how our grandparents and parents were raised. How I feel that today. Exactly mm. how it affected us and how it's affecting our children. Yes. Now, yes. Yeah, so um, the documentary basically tells a story and. I'm doing a story based out of New York because it's about first-generation American immigrants, mm. and it takes the story back home. Mm. This is not a story that's written out. It's really me telling a story of our people mm. and about Dominicans and just immigrants in general, and I want to tell the story of how they were raised, why they are the way that they are, Correct. and how that affected us, and now how we can change the way for our generation to come. So it's, it's like a, a river, you know what I mean? A river of running water, which is like the trauma that our parents didn't deal with eventually affected us. And we are now millennials and generation, you know, Z and X and all of these motherfuckers are at a place where we are seeing the effects of trauma sure. and we're witnessing it in ourselves. Yeah. And some of us are having children and our worst fucking nightmare is doing to them what our parents did to us. Correct. So the point of the documentary, which is going to be in both English and Spanish, is to heal our families and communities, to make us, to help us understand each other, because that's really what it is. Um, within our parents and us, there's just a big misunderstanding because we come from two different worlds. Sure. Our parents come from, I'm speaking for myself, obviously, because right, right, my right. parents came from Dominican Republic, yep. and they come from a place where you just had to work. You know, when I'm like... Right. What, you, what the fuck you mean? You sad? What, like, right. like right, right, that's what they were taught. They don't know boundaries. They don't know what manipulation is. Right. They don't know what sadness or anxiety is. Like, they don't know what any of that is. Mm -hmm. And we come from a world where that's our reality. You know, mm -hmm. we had to kind of create our own culture because our parents were teaching us something, and then our living in New York and being in in, in East New York was teaching us something completely different. So we had to mend those two worlds. And for us to teach our children better we have to understand our parents and i always say that and it's going to be something that it's in english and in spanish because i want it to be for our parents to watch along with us mm -hmm. and that's why i feel like it's going to be very healing for our community because it's going to have them understand us and we can understand them and god willing that will teach them how to be better pre present parents now and better grandparents and it teaches us to be better parents as well 
I love everything. Thank you. <laughs> I l- this was so damn good. Thanks, man. Listen, so here's what I here's what I. So, here's why here's what I'm coming from from hearing what you're saying. I think that's a is a big task. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful task because someone right now has traumas and walks around getting triggered consistently. Yep. And don't know how to respond, just react. Mm-hmm. And don't know why things aren't going well, right? Because they have an example of their mom and dad are the same way. So to give a visual, because to, to think of how do I heal a trauma? Let me ask. If I'm here, Tana, because you went through the journey, self-filling, trying to find out what's going on. If I have some traumas, what's the first step of trying to heal from this trauma? Like, can I really heal from this trauma? Absolutely. You're looking at somebody who has. Honestly, I've been, I've been through some shit, mm. motherfucker. I've been through some shit. But I'm completely, and you met me when I, I was going through that I shit. I'm, the person I am now is completely different to so, what I was So I want to say ago. this, and this is why I leave that question, which is a tough question to answer in one shot, mm-hmm. because y'all didn't see Liz Bell like I saw Liz Bell. So I saw so much Iris and Andy in you at the same time. I didn't know if he was going to hug me or punch me. Both. That's Real been my talk. issue my whole life. Like, Yo, is she tight or she just like that? You know how you be like, yo, they just look like that? And it's like, nah, she can't look like that. Because you got a beautiful smile, but that ain't come out a lot. Nah, I'm hell no. I, I've always been stale-faced. So this is so to see you today, and we it, we echoed this so much, it took the seven-year journey. Some people are going to just relate to your success now and say, look, but it's different. She could write, and her father helped her, and she now has a presence. And not listen to the biggest message there. It's... You got to really go through this. I don't know what it is. I'm tired of feeling this way. What's the answer mm-hmm. kind of deal? For me, it was in a journal. All right. For you, it was a conversation at first. If I'm someone right now listening to this, because here's what I'm realizing, I think. We went through a phase where we saw personal growth, learning how to seek, read. Mm-hmm. You came in love, et cetera. There's someone that's going to watch this right now. and going to say, well, I don't got your friends. I don't got that support. No one actually loves me. Going through the darkest time, so they think. Mm-hmm. How do I make that shift? If if I was in a room right now telling you, listen, nobody cares about me. I'm depressed. No one can heal me. Is is there a solution for me? Absolutely, absolutely. How? You, I'll say this for myself. For my for most of my life, I was numb. I numbed myself. It's like whenever something happens to you at an early age, you stay that age mentally. For a lot Say of people, again. yes, oh. when something affects you way too early in your life, you remain that age emotionally, mm. which is why sometimes you can talk to your parents and you feel like you're talking to a 16 year old. Mm. And it's because they had to grow up when they were 16. Yeah, applauding. Eso fue bueno. Yeah, but. <laughs> But um, for most of my life, I was in a numbing phase. And it wasn't until I sat with myself that I was like, wait, what, what is all of this about? You know what I mean? And I would say to that person, the first thing that you should ever do is identify your triggers. What is it that affects you? I had to sit down and say, all right, what is it that affects me, number one? What is something that could take me from here to here? Who motherfuckers yes. interrupt me while I'm talking? Ooh. Ask these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. 
You ask anybody I know. Yo, if you use, if you would interrupt me while I'm talking, me, yo, se acabó el mundo. I literally just shut the. I literally would just shut the fuck up and not talk for the rest oh. two for two weeks. I wouldn't talk. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> and for so long, I was like, "What is that?" Every, I, I don't. So so let's get to that. Yes. So I remember I hated it. I hated when people interrupted me, and it wasn't until my brother and my sister. They was like, "What the fuck?" Like, like sometimes you interrupt us, mm. and it doesn't affect us that way. Mm. And I sat by. I was like, "Wait, motherfucker, you onto something." Why doesn't it affect you the way that it affects me? Okay. And it's because I always felt like I nobody heard me when I was growing there up. There we go. You, I felt like I was talking to ghosts. Nobody would pay attention to what I was saying. Exactly. And even what I was saying, people was just like, shut up. Don't know chamaquita. Don't know The fucking author. Yeah. So, but it was that. Wow. That was. Why are you crying? We got tears in the fucking room when. That's, That's real, so though. cute. Now you're going hard. It's real. Because I know a lot of people can relate. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Wow. Um, wow. I lost my train of thought. Good. That Here's made me so are. happy. So you feel like you wasn't being heard. Like you were yeah, talking so, to people. Yeah, so my main thing when I would sit, when, when I fucking sat down and thought about it, I was like, the reason that bothers me so much is because I always felt like I was talking to somebody and nobody was listening to me. Mm. And now if I'm talking to you and you're not listening to me, it's almost like that little girl again mm. looking at you like motherfucker why you don't and, it's, and the somebody. thing is that most of it comes from innocence Some te- sometimes people are excited and they're just talking right. and they can relate to what you're saying right. and they'll just say but to me I was still operating in that little girl mindset where it's just like don't interrupt me because now you're not listening to me mm. when that's not the op- when it's you know it's the complete opposite damn so, I love this yeah so number one bro identify your triggers what is it what is it you have to figure out and it's it's even hard to have that conversation with yourself. Right. And that's the thing. For you to be so tired of the pain, oh, man, like that feeling. It, that yeah, That feeling of exhaustion of just like, yo, I'm fucking tired of being tired. Like, I'm so tired of not believing in myself. I'm tired of having ideas and not executing them. I'm tired of having a fucking instant gut feeling. I, I'm tired of God it. talking to me and I'm not fucking listening. I'm tired of not, I'm tired of not being who I'm meant to be. That's what I was. I was fucking tired. So, number one, identify your triggers. Okay. Number two, why? Dive in deep. And I always say in this process, you should be 100% sober. You should, I you love should, that. You should take a week off and just say, yo, this week, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to smoke. I'm going to stay away from porn. I'm not going to have sex. I'm going to be nah, sober-minded. No, I'm going to be 100%. Right. I'm going to be 100% just in tune with myself. I want to have 100% brain capacity to access what I'm feeling. Mm. And you have to go through that because, again, you've been numbing yourself for so long that the, the, the thoughts that need to come to the front are buried. Mm. They buried under, nah, I don't want to think about that. Mm. It's buried under, nah, I'm not ready for that. Like, So, number one, identify. Number two, find out. You have to dig like a motherfucker. To echo what, what Liz is saying, it's scientifically proven that when things happen to you when, you live, when you're younger, you use it as a, um, a mechanism to cope with where mm. you forget things. Yep. Literally, your brain literally shuts off to protect you. Mm-hmm. So when she says why and dig, you really have to dig. Yes. What is that now? Does it look like, is that in paper? Because people are going to listen to this message and be like, oh, but I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Am I writing this down? Am I seeking a therapist? Um, and the reason why I say that too is because thoughts 
thoughts become things. That's the first, I think when you write something now, it's the first time your thought actually became something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's the first process of doing it. I love it. that, and I stand by that as well. 100%. Like, if I'm thinking about something that's in the air, I'm going to lose it. But if I put it on paper, mm-hmm. it's now a thing that you can refer to. And I'm a man, and I want to say this. Journaling saved my life. Yep, me too. A journal saved my life. That's beautiful. I almost got emotional. That's beautiful. Yeah, boy, it's mad people in here to cry. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, it's a moment because, of vulnerability. Because... Speak more on that. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about that. Chill, yeah. How did journaling save your life? Damn, son, I'm I'm the one hosting the podcast. All right, so here's what it is. Um, Anger and rage don't look good on me. Mm. I agree. Yeah, I'm about to get emotional. Go crazy, bro. Home. Yeah, you are home. You home. Yeah, you home, bro. You safe. I'm already crying, so it's okay. Whoa! Yeah, we're doing this. Yeah, we are. This is what healing is like, yeah. bro. Yeah. This is what it's like. All right, bet. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. I said I wasn't going to cry on this podcast, You can't bro. control your emotions, so bro. When I got to my lowest, my voice was being heard a lot. Till it wasn't being heard anymore. And then I had to second guess, like, why are you not listening? Like, what the fuck? And then I was painted as a person that I wasn't. Like, people were trying to speak for me. Mm. And, like, when did this happen? Right? So me trying to speak to some people, when you say that, so I started like, when you started talking like that, they weren't listening. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because of excitement, it's because of their own fear. Yes. And I was like, you scared, bro. Like, this is really happening. It's really getting ugly and you're trying to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to heal through it, but I can't heal through you. Exactly. You get what I'm saying? And I've never been so angry before. Like, mad like i feel like every conversation i was having wasn't coming to a point where you were just understanding Mm -hmm. seek to understand to then be understood i'm known as a person that always has the message well now i didn't have it so i'm asking people and you're not listening so i'm getting angry and i'm writing in paper like what the fuck is going on and this is when shout out to everybody fronting on social media Shout out to everybody front on social media. It's getting me more angry when you fronting online. It's doing something to me when I get up. Like, you fake fuck. Shut up. You are not getting money. You're not getting paid right now, bro. You're not even driving that car, son. I want to fight everybody. Because y'all liking it. Y'all f- Yo, let's just talk. All right. Here's what happened. Hear me out. No. Let me just say this. I'm gonna just say. I'm, I'm gonna just say this. I'm gonna just say this. I only know how to touch a room. All right. I only knew how to speak my truth to get results that I was getting. As soon as I felt like I was lying and you was painting to me, you was painting me to be a lie when I was trying to tell you the truth. You getting me angry. Mm-hmm. You're getting me angry. 
And the reason I got emotional is because I, I thought to myself, I said, I don't want to be around nobody. I don't know what's real. Fuck all y'all. Let me find it in me. Mm-hmm. I don't like that shit. You know what? I don't like it. Here's why I don't like it. Oh, it ain't the attention. I don't care about your attention. I'm chilling without your attention. It ain't gr- For you lost in girls, it ain't girls either. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that. Money. It's not money. It's ears that care. If I could come talk to my nephew, and he's like, like, yo, you listening to me, my nigga. If I could be in a room with my brother and I lost time, so all I care about is the truth bouncing off of you mm-hmm. and off of me, but I got to find my truth first. Am I in pain? Why am I in pain? Yeah. Did I feel like I lost my identity? No, I don't, so go fix it. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is it? And here's why I made this delivery room. This idea of this podcast has been in my heart. Since 20, Rafa, you tell me, 2017? Wow. What's, what, what is that, seven, six years? Yeah, We're on six that years. That 20, five years, 2022, not 2023. Five years. <laughs> wow. So I, I think it's the person that had something in their, in their body for seven had to come meet somebody who had it in their body for five. Yeah. To say, I only want to do things in my living room because I trust you enough to come to my house. Hmm. I know you're going to hear me in my own living room. Wow. Is this this podcast, I love if it touches somebody, but as you can see, this is for me. Yeah. Like helping me heal live right now <laughs> is for me. Like I selfishly wanted to be like, you know what? I'm tired of being quiet. Mm-hmm. 2020, 2021 at the end of the year was December. I'm working out in the crib and I'm on FaceTime with Ian Tra. And I'm like, yo, you know what I want to do next year? I just want to give value. That's it. I feel like I learned. I know I learned so much. I'm free. There's nothing that you could do or say to shake me. I just want to give somebody who went through whatever I went through, could relate to what I'm relating to, got a story like yours that I can't say. You could only speak for yourself. You're going to get it out of my living room. Mm-hmm. And I thank you so much for even asking me that question. For of course, me. man. Thank you for having me, bro. Yo, um, this was. How am I going to go out after that? <laughs> You know, a, a night that, you know, again, this is a beautiful night. I mean, if there's something you else you want to give to a person or something that's on your heart, you know, before we, you know, bring this beautiful, lovely journey, this ship to a landing. Yes. I do have a last message. It's probably, I will say that if you have something in your heart, if you have something that's been sitting at the back of your head and you, it's something that you've told you, you told yourself, I don't want to think about that right now. Trust me, I still have those thoughts. There's things that you don't want to deal with, that you don't want to think about, that you don't want to, you just don't want to dive into because it's too painful. Mm. Go through it. Fucking do it because it's going to sit there until you die if you don't, if you're not brave enough to tackle it. And you deserve to live a fucking beautiful, peaceful life. Mm. You deserve to feel fulfilled. You deserve to be loved. Mm. You deserve to have happiness. You deserve to have peace. Mm. And you deserve to live a life without trauma and without trauma lingering behind you as well. So I wish that for I would listening to this. Right absolutely. Now, my, my last, that's my final message. My final message is dig into your heart and your soul and your fucking mind and body. Just you. Don't let nobody else influence it. Make sure that it's you. 
And I promise you, if you go through that painful few weeks, maybe it's a month and maybe it's just hard. It's, it's you going into your fucking, into your spirit and writing down and burning the paper afterwards if you mm. want to. Because guess what? It's for you. It's your healing. Nobody else's. Mm. So if you want to write every fucking terrible thought you've ever had in your fucking mind, write it down and watch how you feel when you're done. And if you want, burn it. If you, if you don't want to, keep it, keep it with you as a part of a healing process. But do the painful work because once you go through that, it's a fucking glory. I promise you, if you just dive in, do what's hard. And I know that it's fucking hard. Trust me, I've been through it and I'm going through it. But when you do that shit, you make it through that fucking bridge of pain and you get your first breath of fresh air. Mm. It's like you've been drowning, my nigga, for 30 years. Mm. And now you could breathe. So it's painful. I know I understand. Everybody has their own personal story, their own personal things that has happened to them before this moment. But do it. I promise you, the the healing that comes after you've dissected those problems is I, I, I can't I don't even know how to explain it. It's a feeling. And if a woman like this can't put those feelings into words, you know it's worth the journey. Ladies and gentlemen, that is an episode of In the Living Room. Tears on this side started. I gotta